This is The Splendid Table from APM, American Public Media, the show for people who love to eat. I'm Lynn Rosetto-Casper. This week's Key 3 cook is Lucinda Scala-Quinn. She's the author of the aptly named Mad Hungry, Feeding Men and Boys, and now the follow-up, Mad Hungry Cravings. Now, this is a woman who feeds her four males very well, all while working under the eyes of a legendary perfectionist. Lucinda is executive director of Food and Entertaining at Martha Stewart Living Omni Media. And believe it or not, she still gets a kick out of walking into the kitchen. Now, this Key 3 series is where we ask the best cooks we know to share their three prime recipes, the ones they feel that everyone should try. Well, the very down-to-earth Lucinda and I got together in the kitchens of Cooks of Crocus Hill in St. Paul, Minnesota, to talk about her three key dishes. Lucinda, good to have you with us. Thanks for having me here, Lynn. So... You do this this whole thing about feeding three hungry boys and a husband and home cooking. How do you pick three key dishes? Well, being the kind of voice of the home cook, which is where my real strength is, I think it boils down to what do you use over and over again that becomes those workhorse recipes. Uh-huh. And when I look back on not just what I loved when my mom cooked for us, but what is in full rotation in my house and what also is frugal, delicious, all of those things that a home cook looks for, right. that's why I pick my three. Okay, what are the three? I have flat roast chicken. I have chicken broth elixir, and the two are connected. And then, of course, my mom's meatloaf, which I haven't found any improvement upon. This is great. And what I'm thinking about, what meatloaf can become. Uh, I'm going to swoon now when I think about the meatloaf sandwich. (laughs) Where do you want to begin? Let's start with meatloaf. Okay, good. Start at the beginning. Because we can have a sandwich later. Yes, exactly. By the way, are you a believer of ketchup on meatloaf? I am a believer of a ketchup mixture in meatloaf, I like a reservoir. A reservoir? Yep. You mean all the juices? That, well, you'll explain. I'll okay, explain as right. I go. Let's go. Okay. So what have you got here? So what I have is every meatloaf, what makes it sort of more frugal and the texture, is breadcrumbs. Right. So I have some breadcrumbs here, about a half a cup of breadcrumbs. Half a cup of breadcrumbs. About a third of a cup of milk just to absorb it. And you know, I say fresh breadcrumbs, whatever you have on hand is good. I'm going to just let this soak for a few minutes to absorb all that milk because that's the key right there. It's all about having that moist meatloaf, which gives me a segue to my next thing, Lynn. And that is onions and carrots are really the only thing I add, but I do something to them, which is I grate both of them. And that is because I don't love large chunks of onion in my meatloaf. Uh And I find that if you grate it along with carrot, it creates little bits of moisture throughout that meatloaf. Well, you're releasing all the juices. You're releasing the juices. So we want about a quarter cup. First of all, let's go back here and see how we're doing here. Oh, yeah, you can see this is all... Yeah, it's so It's really gotten moist. Okay, so now what we're going to do, we can... Uh, just grate a carrot. I love a good old-fashioned box grater, Lynn. I don't tend, tend to. I just don't tend to reach for that Cuisinart unless I really, really need it. Okay. Okay. So, so we've done grater. most of our prep here, and that's another thing about this. My goal is to find how do I get the biggest amount of flavor for the least amount of ingredients. And you know, like I always say, Picasso was a master of anatomy before he put like three strokes on a page. Yes. So we work all these years to mm-hmm. get back to simplicity. That's kind of where I am in my career right now. All right, so we have the um, breadcrumbs completely soaked up with milk. Two pounds of ground chuck. I like chuck because I like fat in my meatloaf. That's where the flavor is. I like meatloaf, too, I have to say. That's where the flavor is. The super lean meatloaf idea really doesn't work. So in goes the carrots. Okay. 
one egg, nice binder. And then you need to make sure that you season this properly. So we need about a half a teaspoon of black pepper. I can just grind it right Grind in. away. And then a good two teaspoons of salt. Okay. That's not too much. We have no other salty ingredient in here. And I'm giving a lot of pepper. I like a good half a teaspoon. It's not going to make it spicy. It's just going to give it a nice kick. Yeah. And then Feel we have... after my own heart. And before I get my hands dirty, I'm going to show you one of my mother's other little tricks. So she would buy chili sauce in the jar. Right. But I like to make it because sometimes you can't find it in the store. So I just take a half a cup of ketchup and a quarter cup of sweet relish. This is kind of what's in the chili sauce anyway. I have to tell you, this is one of my great weaknesses. And when I saw you were going to use this, I was just overjoyed. And then one <laughs> teaspoon of either sambal olik or sriracha or one of your favorite chili sauces. Again, we want a little bit of sweet, a little bit of savory, uh -huh. and uh, then just mix this up. There's nothing wrong with that on a burger, either. Oh, gosh, are you kidding? And then, of course, taste as we go along, right? May I taste? Mm. My fingers are immaculately Please. clean. Yeah. Just go for it. Make sure we have a little bit of spice. Oh, are we good? That's going to be fabulous All with right. the grill this summer on anything. Anything. All right. Now, Lynn, I'm going to take my watch off now, and I'm going to go right in with my clean hands because you can't beat your hands as one of the most underrated tools in the kitchen. We really want to get it mixed up. We have our oven preheating to 375 degrees, and ultimately this is going to cook for about 45 minutes. And um, one other tip that I learned from my mom, you know, when you're making meatloaf and it comes out of the oven, especially if you've used a fatty meat, right. there's a lot of liquid that lets out. Yeah. It's like a yeah. pool. Of, well, my mom takes that liquid, you know, pours it off, and as it's cooling, pours it back on top of the meatloaf to kind of get soaked into the meatloaf. <laughs> she never met a flavor or juice or anything. It's called pan juices. You know, that she... Pure gold. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right, so this is pretty much mixed up. And you have our, our pan right there. Uh -huh. Okay. So in goes the meatloaf. And this is a small loaf pan. This is a small loaf pan. Okay. And so mom would kind of smooth it out. And this was one of the things that was fun when I was growing up. So she would take her fingers and she makes three holes. One, two, three. And those little holes, that's what I mean by a reservoir. And into the reservoir goes the chili ah. sauce. And when we were growing up, my brothers and I, we would sort of argue a little bit about um, who got more. And no matter what happened, the way it's cut up, everybody gets a little bit. I love this idea. So from what I understand through the magic of radio, a cooked one of your mother's meatloaf is going to appear momentarily. Don't you see me drooling? I've been uh, smelling yes, it. Well, We've been I'll cooking. Tell you. I'm just going to grab this to pull it out of the oven. Thank right. you. Oh. oh, oh, brother. There we go. I, you know how smell is just like one of our greatest senses? I, yeah. I smell this meatloaf, and I am instantly sitting at my mother's dinner table. You want to do the honors? Sure, let me see. All right. I got to make sure, Lynn, that you get some of the reservoir of chili sauce. I have to have so some reservoir of chili sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you oh, go. yeah. It's, it's a, literally a river of dark red right down the center of the meatloaf. I love the orange of the carrots too. Yeah, and I've got some of that river right here. Yeah, so, so you can just dip back be, and forth. Please you know, go for it. And go no, first. you you eat first. Oh wow! You know what's great? That grating 
gives you a different kind of melding. I get a little carrot, I get a little onion. Yeah, it's not chunky because some people, like especially with kids, they'll be like, I hate onions. Or I don't They'll like never the know vegetable. They're there. They'll never know, and it just seamlessly kind of falls over the tongue with the rest of the meat. This is one of the most outstanding meatloaves I've ever eaten. Oh my gosh, Lynn. <laughs> Thanks for that. You are welcome. <laughs> but we asked you for the three key dishes that you thought every cook or wannabe cook should know. So what are the other two? Well, you said a key word, which is cook, not chef, because I'm, a, I'm a first and foremost kind of the voice of the home cook. So what do we use all the time? We have to have in rotation on our table dishes that the family is going to love. And chicken, I think, is like right up there with something that people eat all the time. Mm -hmm. So I always made roast chicken. Roast chicken would take you a good hour, hour and 10 minutes. And when all the kids were just, I'm starving one's dinner, I was desperate to figure out a way to get a shortcut. So what I did was just made a dish I call flat roast chicken, which is just cut the backbone out of the chicken with kitchen shears on up one side, up the next, right. and then just turn it over and flatten it. And it cooks at 400 degrees for 40 minutes. And, and, and there's many different levels you can take it, but for the most part, you're seasoning your chicken um, and you're cooking it. And to this day, when people learn that recipe, it's one of their favorite recipes and they can remember it. It's like 400 for, for 40. 40 yeah. How I really do it at home, uh, Lynn, is I'll take, I, I love cast iron. I'm a cast iron mm -hmm. evangelist and I have a very large 12 inch cast iron. I heat it till it's super hot and then I put salt and pepper on the chicken and um, a little bit of olive oil and then skin side down, put that in that hot cast iron pan on the stovetop. Don't touch the chicken for a second so that you can let that skin Get kind of... Get really Yes, crisp. if you start moving around, it's going to stick and it's not going to do its thing. So that only takes a couple minutes. And then what I do is turn it over right, and stick it in that preheated 400-degree oven for 40 minutes. When it comes out, you could just serve it like that. Now, the beauty of this, which I didn't realize at the time because I was looking for speed, is that the breast and the thigh and the leg meat all cook perfectly, and the breast meat is not dry, which is what happens to so many. Because they're all about the same thickness. They're all the same thickness. Yeah. Unlike a roast chicken in the oven, you know, I'm just, you know, where, where the breast is the most exposed, and that's getting slammed while the rest of the bird has to cook. Yeah. So that's another beauty of it, another strategy. And if I want to go the distance, I'll just lift that bird off and I'll put it on a counter on a board just to rest because that's very important with anything is to let it rest a little bit. And then I'll put a couple cloves of garlic, a little bit of red pepper flakes, a good squeeze of lemon and a tiny bit of butter and move that around with pan juices and then just pour that over the bird. <laughs> now if I just have, you know, maybe four, if I have a few amount of people at the table, I'll cut the bird into regular pieces. If there's a lot more people in the house and I have to spread that bird, my other technique is I use a Chinese cleaver and I hack that into about 18 pieces. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. The, what's the next key three? Okay, so when I cut the backbone out of the chicken for the flat roast chicken, you didn't think I was just going to throw out that backbone, did you? No. Okay. No. When I heard the backbone, I knew it was going somewhere. <laughs> so it's called chicken broth elixir, and the reason I call it that is because I'm a huge uh, proponent of chicken broth as a delivery system for healthful regeneration, uh, especially when you're not feeling well, and even if you just want chicken broth for your cooking. So as I must make two chickens, well, back when the boys were little, I would make 
maybe four a week. So every time I would cut up the backbone, I would just stick it in a resealable bag in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And every time, by the way, I, I'm, I, I always buy whole chicken. I don't ever buy parts. So sometimes I'll take the neck, I'll take the back, I'll take the wing tips if I don't need those wing tips mm -hmm. for the dish. That all gets into that bag. And then ultimately, if I'm gonna make the elixir, this isn't some big chicken broth that takes forever. I'll take that and I'll put it in a pan and sometimes I'll buy um, chicken thighs, which I think are miraculous because they bring flavor, they're not dry, they've got a little bit more texture. I'll put the chicken thighs, all those backs, right. I'll put them in a pan and I'll add just a rib of celery, a bunch of garlic, salt and pepper, I believe that's all, nothing else. Unless I've got a, maybe a really sick person, I'll throw in a good handful of ginger, like maybe, maybe three or four fingers chopped up of ginger. Mm -hmm. I bring that to a boil and let it simmer for just about an hour, that's all. Just an hour. Just an hour, mm -hmm. and then I take, all, and then I strain out all, everything and then take that liquid that's there and cook that down till I have about a quart. So it's very concentrated. And then I either use it or freeze it or whatever. And it's an elixir because it just, it's um, that the onion brings um, very healthful properties to respiratory if you've got a cold or whatever. Right. Um, the ginger as well. And if I make it, I have a basis for a soup. So that's why for me, it's one up there with one of those master recipes that I always use. So we've got your mother's meatloaf, we've got the flat roast chicken, and chicken broth elixir. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And so you should, and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lynn. Lucinda Scala-Quinn is author of Mad Hungry Cravings. Find those three recipes, old school meatloaf, flat roasted chicken, and chicken broth elixir. All of it is on the website, splendidtable.org.